Blog Talk Radio. gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of the Good Life Podcast with Mike Safosnik. We're going to try another wrestling show. So as everyone listening, and maybe some new listeners, I do a completely sports-based radio show, interviewing every different kind of athlete, maybe some authors, some people on documentaries, but I always go back to my youth, interview different wrestlers every couple of months. So I set up the debacle, which was the Virgil interview the other night. Out of respect to Virgil and whatever is going on with him, it's on my website, but I'm not even going to really promote it. He seems really out of it. I'm privileged to interview tonight's guest. In the small fraternity that is professional wrestling, I guess only a few names can really withstand the test of time and stay relevant for a long time. He's a legend in the business. He's held belts in all major, all major different wrestling federations. Welcome to the show, the legend, Double J, Jeff Jared, Jeff, what's going on, brother? Wow, Mike, what what an intro, my friend! And I uh, I want you to send me the link. I want to hear the Virgil interview. So, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna the good Yes, I like the title of your of your show. So go ahead, Jeff. I think we actually have a mutual friend. Last night, I uh, I went on your Twitter, and I was going through some of your pictures, stalking a little bit, and you posted something about Matthew Bradford, the blind amputee marine. Hero from the University of Kentucky. How do you know Matt? Matt, 
I know him. It, it, what an amazing story. Um, and you, I'll let you, if, if you want to go ahead and give a little bit more of, of, of the background. Uh, I, I met him through my buddy, Toby Keith. He, um, first time I met him was in Louisville, Kentucky a couple of years ago. And then I saw him here, uh, what was it, two months ago uh, up in uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So, yeah, he, he uh, Matt is an incredible story and, and, and even more than that, an incredible inspiration. He, I've actually, uh, so now, we actually have a little bit of beef here because I think you're a Tennessee fan, which is pretty horrible. And even though I grew up here in New York City, I'm the biggest UK fan of all time. So when I go down to the UK, I met Matthew. We became actually really tight. And then I saw you tweeted to him, Tennessee over UK. You know you got to change that a little bit. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> so you uh, – that, that, that gotcha. You, you, so you are a, a, a New Yorker who is a big uh, – uh, a big UK fan. That, that that's yes. unique. That, that is, now, do you obviously is it just basketball? And if it is, you're immediately disqualified because that's jumping on the bandwagon. You're going to support UK, and I tell all UK fans that you have to support their horrible football team. <laughs> whatever else goes with it. No, I always like to have fun. The UK uh, basketball. Growing up, um, I grew up here in Nashville, obviously. Uh, Vanderbilt is, is here in Nashville, and so they obviously a lot of Vanderbilt fans. And then I was a huge uh, Ernie, uh, Bernie, um, a UT fan back in the day. Uh, but but growing up, Kyle Macy uh, of UK was one of my favorite players. They always, uh, back to Joe B. Hall, and I'm probably dating myself, a great basketball program. And I'm stating the options, obviously. And, and sadly, I do root for Tim Couch, Jared Lorenzen. I do root for the football team also. So it's uh, I, I suffer through okay, them. Okay, fair I, enough. I, I, yeah, thank you, thank you. I go down there all the time, so it's all good. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But, but yeah, back to Matt. Great inspiration. Uh, you know, had the, the tragic, uh, terrible accident in, in the war, and uh, but man, he has persevered and, and just such a unique story, unique, unique guy. Uh, me and Toby, and, and the, the, the very first night we met each other. Him and Toby have a unique relationship, and, and they like to give each other a hard time, and, and it was it was fun to join in on that. Yeah, it, it, he is. I've had him on the show. Whenever I go down to Kentucky, I meet up with him. I, I, we'll talk more about it later, but he's a blind amputee. He golfs. He rides races. He's on Twitter. He's the definition of just overcoming every obstacle and just giving hope and inspiration to everybody. Yes, yes. Okay, now let's yes. get to this interview period. How and yes, why... Yes. <laughs> How and why did the idea for Global Force Wrestling come about? Um, well, uh, it's no secret. Uh, my family has been in the professional wrestling uh, business dating back to the 1940s, over 70 years. And so um, you sort of touched on it a little bit, but I've, I worked for WCW and worked for the WWF and um, different promotions around the globe and, and uh, founded TNA in 2002. And I knew in, in, in the year 2013 that my time uh, at that organization, uh, I needed to close that chapter uh, of my life, and I did. And I, I took a couple months off, and I certainly wasn't getting out of the wrestling business. And I, and I stepped back and, and, and just looked at the landscape, and one thing led to another. And, um, you know, we, we named the promotion – uh, back into uh, you know l- last year uh, in April, and then methodically, step by step, strategically put the pieces in place, and you know formed alliances with different wrestling promotions around the world. And, and then the, the next step of that, we we launched the Grand Slam Tour, and and 
And then uh, our, our Vegas announcement, where we went to Vegas July, August, and October, and, and shot our episodes of our, our TV show. And, and it's just it's been a step by step basis, but it's it's what I do, and it's what my my life passion is is the professional wrestling uh, industry. And it, you know, I was before I was a promoter, and before I was a wrestler, I was an enormous wrestling fan, and I still am to this day. What is going to make your GFW? What's it going to make it stand out and make it a little different? You know, we, we again, uh, and that's I've been doing uh, some some uh, interviews and podcasts, and we can get to that because we we're having our first two shows of 2016 right in your backyard, Poughkeepsie, New York, and Rahway, New Jersey, and and um, uh, the, the, the innovation. It, we want to be a little something different. We, you know, we, we are uh, we're the marketing arm uh, of, of a movie, uh, Ridge Rock Entertainment. It's Roddy Piper's uh, one of his last films. And we're helping promote that. That's a little something different that they've reached out to us and we became an agreement and we talked about that. But just the overall feel and vibe, you can go to our YouTube page at, at, G, at GFW Wrestling. That's all our social media platforms. But you can get a glimpse of it and how we promoted Russell Kingdom 9 uh, at the beginning of this year. That we were, you know, we brought uh, an enormous dome show, traditional dome show. Every year, January 4th, New Japan has it. Well, last year, we, we did a, a a very cool promotion we're proud of. Brought Jim Ross on board and, and promoted that pay-per-view. So do things a little different. And as far as AMP, we've got a real, I like to, in, in our production studios, we, 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 we tell the story. We're not going to write stories. We're going to document them. Because, Mike, as you know, you seem very well diversified, diversified in, in who you interview. So, not, not just in the world of wrestling, but, but in, in, in life, everybody has a story. And so in our business, it's, it, it's, is it true sport? No. But is there a very, very highly competitive nature? Absolutely. Everybody wants to, you know, get on the card. And once you get on the card, you want to move up to the main event. Once you move up to the main event, you want to make the most money or sell the most T-shirts or uh, have the best finish to move. And so it's very, very competitive. So we're, we're going to document those stories. And, and bring them to life, and, and it, 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 it's very compelling, and it's a di- different way to prevent to, pre- to present professional wrestling in 2016. Now, as co-owner, founder of TNA, and now this, did you learn anything? What, if anything, did you learn from Vince McMahon, the good or the bad? You learn. Well, you learn. Uh, you know, in all life experiences, if you don't learn, shame on you. So uh, I can remember in 1993. Or actually, in 92, 93, Vince was coming down here and working for my father and Jerry Lawler's promotion. And that's the first time I got to be around him. And then, you know, the, the phone calls, the hours and hours of phone calls that they would have on Sunday afternoons. And, and then, you know, going to work for Vince. One thing that that I, I, I witnessed, and, and I, I pride myself, you know, even from a kid, I, I've always believed that. You, you have to earn and you have to work your butt off. You, you're never handed anything. You're never given anything. If you are given it, you don't ever respect it. Or if it's just handed to you, you didn't work to get it. So but Vince's work ethic um, is, is is second to none. So uh, that, that's one thing that I uh, learned from him just by observation. And that, that, that that's not just the rest of the business. His, 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 his workout regimen he, he, he's just he's a, he's a, he really really works hard at what he does. And then the other thing from a, a wrestling point of view is, is branding. Truly, uh, j- just the, the, the branding of WWF at the time, now WWE. Uh, he's a you know he, he's a, obviously a 
magnificent visionary, but he is an incredible marketer slash brander. Uh, and, 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 you know, WWE is no secret. They're the not 800-pound gorilla of our industry. They're the 8,000-pound gorilla. Uh, <laughs> and and with, with, with the WWE network coming on with their numbers, he's a, he's a visionary. And, and, and when you look at where professional wrestling is at as an entire industry and the WWE network sitting on top, it's competitive. It's one of the top ten uh, uh, networks in the world. That takes in a lot of ground. You really sit back and think that, that professional wrestling is is there, and, and we're fifty two weeks a year. It's not like Major League Baseball where that's seasonal and, and stuff like that. It is a, a a top ten network in the world, and that speaks volumes for professional wrestling. Now, I listened to a couple of other interviews. Your grandmother got in the business. It's crazy. Now, you're basically third-generation wrestling legacy. Was there any other career possible, or was just always the dream? Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. None of, none of my siblings are in the business. So that, that, you know, that, that, that can show you that, you know, no one was pressured to get in or out of the business. Uh, but I, I knew as a kid that it, I just, uh, you know, like any wrestling fan, the first time you see it, you go, wow, this is different. I really, really like it. And, and, you know, obviously being uh, with a family that's in the business, I had, you know, access to it and was around it. But it was such a different business when I was a, as a kid or a teenager. And I was protected. And, and, and it's just a, it's different times, different eras. But, but uh, you know, I, I knew uh, basketball was my first love. And I went to play college basketball for one year. But it did take me long to figure out uh, from high school to college it's a different game. Uh, and, you know, it's just uh, my aspirations of playing and making money off of basketball quickly evaporated. Uh, I wasn't an academic All-American, but, but as far as making money out of it, uh, that, was a, that was a real quick answer. Uh, and so, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to learn all facets of the business. Now, you wrestled like the Memphis Territory all around there. Was the WWF always the eye on the prize? Was that always the main goal for you? Not necessarily. I wrestled for my family's promotion for seven years and, and got offers from, from, from WCW, you know, uh, TBS when they were on TBS, you know, three or four years into my uh, my, my run in, in, for my father's promotion. And, and, you know, my dad gave me good advice. Don't step onto that national stage until you know you're ready. And as the time went around, and I did some wrestling in Puerto Rico, in Texas, in Japan, um, I felt I was getting seasoned. We, we we both knew that the, the, the time was right, and uh, you know, thankfully, uh, Vince reached out, had the relationship, and, and we sat down, and, and the Double J character came to life, and uh, we were all through running in, in October of 1993. And that's what I was actually going to ask you next. Who came up with the W uh, Double J gimmick with the like the music guy? Was that you and Vince together, collaborative or? It's a, it's a, it, it, and that's not very hard. I mean, it, it's truly. Uh, I, I love country music. You know, I referenced Toby earlier. I got friends in the country music business. It's a passion. I I, I, I do love country music and like the same. Uh, and so it was really easy uh, to play. Uh, I was playing an extension of my personality. Uh, with, without question, I can remember fondly that, that the vignettes had run in the character development, and the first time that I stepped into a uh, on, on Monday Night Raw ring uh, was in Poughkeepsie, New York, and that's uh, that's where we're actually having our, our first uh, live event in the Northeast Global Force Wrestling on January 22nd. Tickets go on sale tomorrow morning, 
But with that being said, uh, <laughs> it, it was it was it was great. It, it, it was it was it was that was the launching period, and it was uh, it was a unique time in, in my career. Now, what is your like welcome to the WWF moment? When did you know you made it? Like, did something happen? Like, wow, I'm the WWF. What was your welcome to the WWF moment? I don't know that there was a moment at that time. You know, I, I've been wrestling seven years. Uh, you know, traveled uh, quite a bit. Um, and, and you know, when I got up there, it was uh, a, a great crew. Uh, Ninety-one, ninety-two. Uh, and even into 93, business was down. That was the, the steroid scandal. And, and Vince obviously had to take his off the ball dealing with all the government issues and all that. And so when I got there and, and you could see things begin to grow, you know, we were running Pittsburgh every three months and New York every three months and the Garden every three months and Meadowlands and L.A. And you could see the houses start to come up. And you could see the raw ratings start to increase, and you just felt, you know, obviously it's pre attitude air days when things just exploded. But you could see the building of it, and when you look back on it, the building blocks were starting then, uh, and then as they, you know, obviously transitioned, the rest is history uh, when the Monday Night Wars began. Now, you, why'd you leave the WWF the first time and go to WCW for a year and back to WWF? Why the different moves? Contractual. I mean, it, 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 you know, the timing is. Uh, <laughs> I had, uh, I, I, and I won't be able to call it, but you know, the old saying, "Timing's everything." Uh, mm-hmm. It's not everything, but boy, it, it can certainly help when it comes down to, to, to certain things in, in, in business. Uh, it, the, the time was right with contracts, and, and at the end of the day, uh, you gotta be happy, and you gotta, you know, get the most bang for your buck because you never know when your career could be over. Uh, and so it, it was just a, a timing issue, a contractual issue on, on all of that career. Now, I've had other wrestlers on. I don't think I have any other, like, real champions on. When you win the WWF Intercontinental Belt or the WCW Heavyweight Belt numerous times like you did, is there any perks to that besides the no- notoriety or the recognition? Do you get a pay increase? Are you treated differently? Is it anything different? Well, it, it goes without saying, the higher you are on the card, the more money you make and the better position and, and you're on, you know, and that could be, a, you can look at it back in those days, a perk or maybe not so much a perk because we were, we were working, you know, we were working 10 off, 3 off, 4 on, 2 off. Uh, it was a grind. And, and if you could have media days on those off days if you're a champion, uh, you get to lug that belt through the airports. But you get paid more, and it's so you know it, it, it all washes. It's all part of this industry, and it's just how it's worked for years and years and years. Now this is going to be a silly question, and I never I felt bad that I never asked the other wrestlers came on, and it's going to sound a little silly, but when you're in the locker room or you're out, do you call the wrestlers by their real name or by their gimmick name when it's just you guys sitting around? Uh, it, 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 it's it's wrestler by wrestler. It all depends. Because I'm always wondering. It, 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 that. Yeah. You know, I, I've been called Jeff, I've been called Jared, I've been called Double J, and I've probably been called things a lot worse than that. But it's just, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it just, it's really a, it, it, and a lot of times that, you, you know, you'll meet a guy at a stage of his career, and that's what you always call him that, uh, no matter, you know, when, where, you know, it, 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 it's sort of when you first get to know each other. Uh, and that's, that sort of is a silly question, to be honest. I've never been asked that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always curious. You see somebody, and you're sitting down with the Undertaker, and you want to have a beer with him. Like, 
do you call him by his real name or Taker? I, I, it always fascinated me. It is such a ridiculous question, but I was always so curious with it. Now, Jeff, is there mm-hmm. any is there any wrestlers that you wish you worked with but you never got the chance to? You know what? I, I like to leave that up to the the fantasy bookers and that kind of stuff. Not you know, I, I, there's not any one guy. That, but you know, when you when you go way back in time, you would say, "Oh man, I, I would have loved to have had a match with Buddy Rogers, or I, I would have loved to have had a match with, against Ray Stevens uh, or Pat Patterson, or you know, get guys that are from." Completely different eras, but but not not anybody in this generation that that when I was working, you know, in my I'll call it my prime days, uh, not necessarily. Did, is there any wrestler like like I said, we're both sports fans, so you'll see a rookie come up and say, "Oh, this kid's gonna be big," and it never pans out. Were there any wrestlers that you you're watching backstage at any point of your career, and you're like, "This kid is gonna be the next big thing," and it never panned out for one reason or another? Anyone stick out to you? No, 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 no. I mean, that's again. I like to leave. I don't let that uh, sort of pick up my brain space. I'll leave that to the the, the fantasy bookers and the what ifs and that. But, yeah, because it's it, it, you know you can. It's a waste of time in, in mm-hmm. one aspect because because there's so many factors that go into um, whether a guy quote unquote made it or not. The timing has has a lot to do with that. Uh, the the the, the just there's, I was gonna say, there's just so many factors that go into that. Do you still enjoy the wrestling business? All the aspects of it. I, I can say this without question. I've got more of a passion for professional wrestling today than I ever had. It, it, I, I, it, it's, it's so big, and, it, and I think there's so much opportunity. And as we roll down this pipe of, of the transition from, you know, for, for and I was around, obviously, before cable television. Uh, you know, you watch TV every Saturday morning or Saturday night, and, and, and wrestling really wasn't on cable. And then the cable explosion, and then you went to the Monday night explosion. Uh, and then, you know, you added another, you know, SmackDown and Thunder were added. So now it's two nights a week, and, uh, you know, it just as a, you know, a, a pay-per-view a month, and then there's two pay-per-views a month if you're taking both companies, and then you know just all the the steps. And now we're in that that, that you can see we're right in uh, in in the beginning stages. Uh, the the network launched, and it's a over-the-top streaming service, and and the business evolving, the exposure, and the fan bases from around the world are are connecting. And, and it used to be trading tapes or or or, or that that type of stuff, but but now it's it's instantaneous with YouTube and the fan bases are, are, are really being connected, and so that excites me a lot. Uh, the travel at times can wear on you, and that's that strictly doesn't physically wear on me. I, I feel so good, but you know you, you got a, a wife and kids, and kids are in sports. That can be tough when you have to miss out on things. How did so? Like I, I started the show by saying wrestling's like a small fraternity. How did Double J, Jeff Jarrett, how do you stay relevant? Like you have such long staying power from the early 90s to still being relevant in 2015 going into 16. How do you keep it up? I got a passion for it. I'll, I'll leave that to you. You, you, you know, I, 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 when you say relevant, I, I think that's a loaded question at times. But it is something I love. I've, I've got a real passion in global force wrestling. Uh, as we go into 2016, we're really poised and and got things lined up that, that really excite me and the episodes of AMP and I'm in the studio um, off and on a couple of days a week and, and, and as we continue to 
edit and put together and, and, and put it on the finishing touches. It's a process uh, that, that I absolutely love with social media. And, and I also, you know, I understand wrestling. Uh, I've been blessed. I've been around it so long. But the, but the wrestling fans um, are so passionate, and they tell you what they like, and probably just as equally, or if not more important, they tell you what they don't like. So you got to listen to them, and you, you've got to make real calculated strategic decisions and make sure that you are listening to your fan base because it, it, it is no secret. Without that fan base, you have nothing, and I mean nothing. And so I've always respected that fact. Now, I have a couple of just random questions. I know you get this a lot because, sadly, he left us way too soon. Owen Hart, he's known as just a family man and a great human being, a great person. You really don't hear anything negative ever said about him. Can you? I know he's a famous prankster in the in the locker room. Can you just tell me one good Owen Hart story? And, and I get asked this uh, almost on every interview, and I, I've just made the point. I could probably tell you fifty, a hundred funny Owen stories, but I always <laughs> say um, because I like when I get the opportunity, I, I like to, to to reiterate what uh, uh, stand up. I've never met anybody in this industry with the integrity of Owen that he had, and that was special uh, to me. You know, we were both second generation, I'm third generation, but, you know, Owen, Owen's father was a legendary promoter, and so, you know, we bonded real early uh, and, and, and got to travel together, and, and Owen is just a, is a really, really unique guy, and when I get a chance to talk about him, that's the stuff I talk about. Now, I'm being joined here by the legend, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. A few more minutes with this time, and I really do appreciate you calling in Give me at least we're on 25 minutes, right? I really do appreciate that. I'm gonna and we're going to wrap things up because we got to talk. <laughs> we got to talk about the mass thing too, because that's that's another thing. That's actually my next call. We've got a, a, another promotional call. Uh, uh, you, you I, can, I do want to take it. Oh, I have a I, I, I do this time. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about that because you know, back three or four months ago, that that, that organization, Red Rock Entertainment, approached me uh, uh, at Gulf about being the marketing arm. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, of the movie The Masked Saint. It's one of Roddy Piper's last films. And as we got things together, Roddy was going to appear uh, in, in Vegas for us, not to wrestle where Piper spent, but to strictly promote the movie. And we had that lined up at an untimely passing. Uh, but but as the, the, the weeks and months have rolled along, it's, it's, it's turned into somewhat of a passion project. The folks at Ridge Rock Entertainment are great. Um, it, yes, it's a face-to-face movie, but it, it appeals to all audiences. And if you're a wrestling fan, and I've said this on multiple interviews, you don't want to miss it. And it's it, and it's, it's it's really. And if you're Ryan Piper, you damn sure don't want to miss it. If you're a fan <laughs> of course not. Because the movie treats wrestling with such respect and integrity. And I'm a wrestling fan. I've stated that it's the, the beginning of this, and it's based off real events. It's a true story. It's, it's inspired by uh, Pastor Chris Whaley, who went on to pastor a mega church in Orlando, Florida. But he, you know, he was a journeyman wrestler. And as he got into seminary and started preaching, he had some struggles and conflicts with the church, and the story plays out. But this movie, you know, has a, has a, a, a final scene. It's a cage match. It's a, a you know, a rip, big blow-off, and, and Piper plays, uh, you, you'll like this, he plays a uh, evil wrestling promoter. So I've said that on a couple <laughs> interviews. You don't, I'm sure he didn't have to stretch his imagination to get into character. Uh, but no, he does. Friday's acting chops uh, were so good, and, and this movie, just because 
of the character he got to play, it just you felt it. it I can't say enough of good uh, enough good things about it. It comes out Friday, January the eighth, uh, nationwide. January seventh, me, Karen, and the kids are going to go to the premiere in Nashville. We're looking forward to that, and so I'm spreading the word on that. You can go to their their uh, all their social media is at the Math Saint. Uh, and get all get all the information you want. But it's really, really a, a cool movie. And I'll keep promoting it on this show. So give me one more minute of your time. I always ask everyone the same question. All right, Double J? Yep. You're up in New York. You and I are at a bar. We're hanging out. You want to impress everyone at the bar. You take out your cell phone. Who's the coolest guy in your cell phone that you can text, and they'll text you right back if you want to impress everyone at the bar? <laughs> well... I can't go into that, but uh, it depends on the audience. I mean, you get, you know, if there's sports fans, I'd have to probably go to, a, 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 you know, an athlete. If you're talking music, you'd maybe want to go to a, a, a little John. Um, if you want to go to, a, a, you know, movie, it depends on the audience. So that, that, that can be a loaded question there. All right, we get it. You have a lot of cool people on your phone, Double J. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, last thing. Last thing before we go, do you uh, have you kept any memorabilia from your wrestling days? Anything you just kept, either from another wrestler or yourself? Anything you're like, well, you know what? This is pretty cool, and you keep it. You 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 may be shocked. I don't know how far you, uh, how long you followed me, but this April will be my 30th year as an active wrestler, and okay. out of maybe two pairs, maybe three pairs of tights, and I've you know my career, I've, I've worn a lot of different tights. I, I still own all of them. Really? So, I, every, every one of them. The flashing hat, whatever, you name it. You name it. So one day there's going to be a heck of an eBay uh, sale. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Double J, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for your time. And listen, I'm going to tweet right now at you. If you don't mind retweeting it, I'll send oh, you your Oh, Sure. No, I appreciate yeah. your time. And, uh, yeah, GlobalForceWrestling.com has all the information about our live events. You know I'm on Twitter, so give me a tweet, and we'll go from there. Listen, my brother, thank you so much, Double J. Yeah, thanks. Have a good day. Be good, brother. Double J, Jeff Jarrett, wrestling royalty. He really is. When there's other interviews. I know I only had him for around 28 minutes. Um, listen, he's a professional wrestler promoting the heck out of all different things. I'm just very lucky he even gave me that much time. The best part, when you listen to other shows or looking him up, his grandmother started the, like, she was looking for a second job, I believe, and she started promoting wrestling. Then the father got into it. So it's actually a great story with Double J. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. I'm going to retweet it. Hopefully, Jeff uh, retweets this. You can find me on iTunes in the search app. Just type in Mike Sappho, one word, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O. Check out GFW.com, Global Force Wrestling. He has some good wrestlers in there. I think uh, Dave Boy Smith Sons in there. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Listen, he knows what he's doing. He made TNA great. I'm pretty sure. Obviously, it's never going to overtake the WWF, WWE, but I'm pretty sure he's going to do a hell of a job. Everyone, thank you for listening. Have a great day.